mean Writing code without build tools It's still a thing It's kind of refreshing I encourage you to try In a world of dev tools We're talking about why Wow, my ukulele is so out of tune. <laughs> uh, you know, no one will notice, I'm sure. Welcome to Tools Day, a <laughs> podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks every other Tuesday at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about Toolless Tools Day. Ah, we got there. Don't worry. Yeah, that was pretty good. We're talking about writing code without using dev tools and just, you know, using native web shenanigans shenanigans links <laughs> yeah um listen i've been having a lot of fun doing this lately i think that javascript and css has evolved also a ton in the last five years and has allowed mm-hmm. us to do a lot of things that we used to only uh, be able to do with build tools and frameworks and uh, processing tools and engineering and and, 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 <laughs> and build <that>. environments <laughs> Wow, what are my words? I was oh. maybe I was out of tune in that intro song. I definitely yeah. was out of tune. Well, let's just not talk about you it. You know fine. what? It it's was fine. Great. It was wonderful. I've had better weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get too far into it, I want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Datadog. Datadog provides real-time monitoring for cloud-scale environments, unifying metrics, distributed traces, and logs into one platform. You'll be a part of thousands of organizations who already rely on Datadog to collect, visualize, and alert them of abnormalities. There are over 350 turnkey integrations, including AWS, PagerDuty, and GitHub, all done out of the box with custom metrics to gain full-stack observability and a unified view of all of your systems, apps, and services. They even provide this cool service map feature to visualize the flow of requests across your application and visualize bottlenecks. I think that's pretty cool. Datadog is offering listeners a free trial and as an added bonus for signing up and creating a dashboard, they'll send you a free t-shirt. To get your free t-shirt, go to datadog.com slash toolsday. That's D-A-T-A-D-O-G dot com slash toolsday to get your free t-shirt and free trial of Datadog. All right. So I'm going to be honest. I almost never do this in fact i'm struggling to remember the last time i shipped something that didn't have a build step so you know you proposed this topic to me (laughs) and i was like that's interesting uh tell me more so i think that there's a lot to talk about here (laughs) because we do always talk about tools and i mean we could talk about how much javascript and css has evolved and allowed us to do a lot of these things but i was recently inspired because i'm currently building this prototype that um, is a theme builder that uses material design. And material design you can use in a couple of ways. And one of those is through custom properties. And so, yes. Real, real quick, raise my hand. Uh, what is a theme builder? What, 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 is this, what do you mean by this? I will explain. But okay, all right, all right, essentially, <laughs> what it allows you to do is in material design, we have three theming subsystems. The first is color. Then also we have shape, so the shape of your components, and typography. So... This theme builder that I'm building allows for you to dynamically style your application by selecting the primary, secondary, air colors, uh, colors that would appear on those theme colors, applying shape dynamically, applying typography dynamically, like pulling in type from um, Google Fonts and then loading that dynamically on the page and like seeing what those typefaces look like. And then also the ability to save out 
the theme for your project. So you could have the same components, but have them be styled completely differently than another person so that your application mm -hmm. doesn't have to look like Google, right? You can make it look like your own. So I, I had like a bunch of features happening here. I had an accessibility checker. I had a uh, selecting color from an image using Color Ninja uh, feature. So I had that go and so you could like upload a logo or um, an outfit of the day photo, if you will. Um, that's what we're going to be using this for as a demo. It's going to be like a fun little outfit of the day. Um, <laughs> I thought it'd be cool. It'd be great. Uh, so yeah, so that, and then you can save it all down and yeah. have the code. And none of this required a build step. And I felt like really proud of myself for. Okay. For hang on. I, I, no, sorry. Be no, what? First. Okay. This I, I, static. I, I, <laughs> Like okay. static at its best, you, okay. I am pulling in yeah. libraries. So I'm pulling okay. in libraries via CDN. Okay. And okay, okay. I'm like loading these scripts asynchronously where we need to. Okay. And that's like one feature that I want to talk about, like how cool that we can do that now, you know, with JavaScript and kind of time your scripts that way. So I guess for me, like what was the, what was the motivation to not use Webpack or or parcel or one of these or one of those things you just did, never saw a need for it or well okay i wanted uh, to i wanted to create an easier tool for people to then take and build on top of okay. currently we have a theme builder that does use webpack and it uh, uses like a whole build process because uh, sas is required for the majority of theming in mdc which is until design components for the web and so i wanted to see how I could provide the service in the least um, complex way, lower mm. that barrier to entry. Okay. Okay. And so I thought if I could build this in a way that's completely static, doesn't even have a package.json and is just usable when you throw it on your page, it like very much felt like a hackathon, like yeah. when you would be pulling in things. And so it just reminded me that you can totally build this way and CSS has evolved in so like many beautiful ways that like custom yeah. properties really enable this like dynamic theming on the page and even JavaScript with JavaScript modules. And so I just thought it was really cool that you can still do this in a, <laughs> in an application. Like it's not impossible. I think people yeah. forget that they can do that. They forget that, you know, you don't have to start with a react starter kit. <laughs> I, I, I was listening to the shop talk show uh, and Chris Coyer recently did this for one of his meetups where he just built a website with just an index that HTML file and some CSS files and people were confused on how to run it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like we've, you're right. We have gotten to this point where we're so used to reaching for our tools. This is a tools yeah. day show that sometimes we forget that we don't always need them. Yeah. <laughs> I recently shared like the repo with my coworker and I was like, yeah, you just open the index. You just <laughs> double click on it. <laughs> He's like, what? It kind of felt super cool and vintage, but I mean, I wouldn't be able to do this now without the advances in web, uh, like code. So what were some browsers of, have enabled us? Yeah. So what were some of the cool advances you kind of, uh, that you kind of like, you know, not that you, that you was discovered, but like you were thankful for. Yeah. It's well, almost one Thanksgiving. Thing I didn't realize, uh, before doing this yeah. was that imports work with CSS and you can also import like external style sheets, duh, because that's how you get Google fonts if you're using the at import. But like yeah. I hadn't thought of it to do that before. Okay. Also, I'm usually using some build tool, like whether that be post CSS or SAS when I'm writing CSS code, mm. but you can 
you know, import different various CSS files and have them be very modular mm. without any additional tooling. JavaScript is a little bit harder because mm. you have ES6 modules, but I I kept running into like weird cores issues at points with yeah. ES6 modules, and you have to like make sure that um, you have like specific namespacing of your files, and also yeah. it, it just is a little bit more complex to get it modular. Which I don't really understand why you can't just import things like you can with CSS. Uh, I mean, you probably can, but they have to be built a certain way. There's actually a CDN that I found a, a while ago. I haven't tried this myself, so, you know, no promises on its actual quality or not. But there's something called Pika CDN, um, and it's made by the same people who made uh, Pika CLI, which was like a Webpack competitor. Um, and the Pika CDN, its whole, the whole, their whole shtick is that you can import in ES modules just by saying import you know, react from cdn.pika.dev slash react. Uh, as, long as, as long as the module ships an ES module, so actually react's a mm -hmm. bad example because they don't ship ES modules, but like a preact ships an ES module. So if you want to bring in preact, all you say is import render from, uh, from CDN. So uh, in your index, Pika. you would just import preact via CDN link, and then you can use it with your JavaScript that you're also importing. Yeah, you you have put into inside a side a script a script you know tag. I love this. Um, yeah, you know it's so I, fun. So yeah. I did this too. I used um, a package for the contrast checking. I think okay. it was Tiny Color. Okay. I I can't quite remember. Um, and I also used a package for the color picking. So it like picks a primary color from an imported photo. Um, and then I was just using file system like just. Regular file system regular calls. Old <laughs> regular old file system. And like saving down the CSS, building a file. Like all of this is just standard vanilla JavaScript. And that was super cool um, to be able to do that. And also I learned that you can import JSON data like mm. as a separate script file and then use that JSON inside of a JavaScript file. You can import local JSON? Yeah. As so um, what's what I did... Syntax? for that uh you just have a json file uh, so i had a json file that was all of the uh, google fonts that i wanted to have randomized in my okay, page okay. and then i was able to pull that in in the javascript if i had it included before that javascript file where i had mm. like all of my code so you okay. do have to order things properly and you can use like async and defer when you load your javascript but okay. for things like that you have to make sure things were sort of arranged properly yeah um but it was just so seamless, like <laughs> that you were like, "Wow, yeah. witchcraft!" <laughs> I had to Google all these things, and they were very basic things. But it's just I didn't know if you could do that without mm. dev tools. Yeah. Like I didn't know, but you can do a lot. Now, a question for you: Have you ever used something like CodeSandbox.io before? I've used a lot of things like it, so I'm assuming it's not like Glitch or like. Yeah, it's JS sandbox kind of code pen. It's like those things, but a little bit more because it has the entire workspace inside of it. So you can have you have a file system inside of it. Um, it's like Cloud Nine IDE if you've ever looked at that before. Glitch or, has a file system and it runs uh, a server for you. And yeah, all that I, stuff. I, I've used Glitch in a while. Glitch That's is fun. cool. I mean, I've been using it a lot lately, and it provides all of that for you. And there's a console and everything and. Yeah, so uh, so CodeSandbox is the same, and it, it, you can actually deploy, you know, via now or Netlify. Oh, cool! Uh, two things. 
have you ever looked so have you ever looked into those things and say you know i could you could hypothetically use a package system powered by glitch or something uh versus just index html i so i i'm just like you know i have an instinct like, I, I just need my tools that's like what? no totally and so yeah. the first theme builder yeah. that my team had built was yeah. built using uh, Webpack and all that, but it was already set yeah. up for you. So the whole idea yeah. was education yeah. for okay. designers and developers about yeah, how, to, yeah. how to theme. And yeah. some of the biggest issues with converting that into mm. real usage was that there was this entire build process that was required. Mm. So if you're a designer and you're trying to like figure out how to apply theming and you know you go through steps A, B, and C, that's all well and good. But when you try to move it into your own project you can't do that because it might not be one-to-one -one with the build tools so that also was like a barrier to entry and people are getting started with mm, you know okay. styling yeah. using material it's like what why do i have to install Got node Got why it. do i have to like yeah, yeah uh so yeah that was kind of some okay. inspiration for it yeah. <laughs> no no it makes perfect i, I feel like I, I it takes a bit for me to move outside of my my bubble of like tools react javascript into a world where people are like, oh, I don't want to use Node. And I'm like, oh, why, why would you want to use Node? Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to use it for the next step of this, but oh. <laughs> I've hit that oh, wall where I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I feel pretty good about what I built. I also learned that like Unpackage, for oh, example, yeah. that's a CDN, and it also somehow goes around cores issues. So when I built extra.css, which is my Houdini paint Extra. library, Oh. Um, it's extra-css.netlify.com. Check it out. Uh, what I did was I used the unpackaged CDN to host the worklet. And yeah. so if you as an end user want to use any of these Houdini worklets on your website, all you have to do is pull it down via the CDN and mm. then you can use it in your CSS. Mm. And oh. it goes around like all these course issues, which Houdini has because it's a worklet. So it lives outside of your main thread. So it has to be secure. And oh. the unpackaged CDN fixes all that stuff. Inter okay, so it's I mean I, I imagine it's hosting a secure platform, and so it's just like yeah. oh, you're good to go. Yeah, you like pull it down by HTTPS and stuff. I, I know I I haven't looked at unpackaged for a while. We actually used to um, we used unpackaged from Carbon for a bit when we were like oh yeah you know you could just spin up a prototype using unpackaged, and it's been a few years. And now now looking at their website, and they actually like broadcasting oh yeah you can just bring in React. Uh, the UMD file via unpackage and then you're good to go or oh so you can yeah. do that yeah gosh this is so cool has mm. anyone out there like I'm curious has anyone out there who's listening done that where they included a framework via a CDN and then used that framework in the rest of the code on the site and also why did you do it if you <laughs> did it uh, I'm so curious about that because I feel like you're you must be missing a lot of the benefits of that framework that you require like a build process for. Well, but maybe I, not. I mean, so if you want to use JSX, which is like you know, if you're in React world, you probably want to use JSX, JSX, not the not the core React clone element, create element API. Uh, that definitely requires a Babel transpilation, and so mm -hmm. React has a version that brings in that ability via a javascript file but it's super heavy so i think if you don't use a build step you're going to lose some of those like you can't you can't use Babel, right which is which is uh, massive which is massive uh, but maybe there's a way to use Babel with pika or something uh let me do some live googling but i don't know Babel is a transpiler 
You think that it could... Is Maybe there... you could, because then in the JavaScript, you could say, like, Babel, and here's my JS string. Is there some witchcraft here? Oh. I'd be so curious about this. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll look it up later. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's something... To look, that'd be cool. Pico Web? Ooh. Wait. Install dependencies are run directly in the browser. No Webpack. All right. Well, I feel like there's this... Uh, I need to look in Pico a lot more, because they, they advertise this kind of stuff, and so... Um, give it a whirl yeah um but hmm. i've been working a lot lately with like houdini for example and with oh, yes. houdini you also don't need dev tools but you can do a lot of cool javascript transformations and use that to style your elements through css and so i don't know there's like a whole no code movement this is definitely not that no code <laughs> like, requires I like, tooling i was like wait a minute uh, no code requires <laughs> tooling and this is definitely not that this is kind of like a return to like 2005, t- 2005 2004 but it also feels like a fun challenge now <laughs> <laughs> it's a retro challenge like yeah yes it is look and <laughs> it's so fun it's fun to like figure these things out that are basic but also we forgot that we can do them i'm gonna lie i have to google every time the syntax to link a css file like, like it's link, link rel whatever it is that's because uh, it's different from like the script it's, source. It's different than the script source. And so every time I'm like, how do I do this? Is it embarrassing that I don't know how to do this? I'm sure there's <laughs> a reason why they're not the same like attribute, but it's frustrating that they're not because I hear you. <laughs> the, 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 all the basic HTML attributes. Why do you look it up? Why don't you just have like, you? T- I type like link tab and well, then it fills well, it out for me. So with Emmett. I literally never ever you do it because i my build tools do it for me so i have a you know, html webpack plugin blah 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 and it says i see you made a css file i'm gonna make one for you or i'm using emotion or css and javascript and so it does it for me too and so i just i, I haven't thought about it but like Sounds i so fancy it's, it's <laughs> you know it's it's just the life we lead now i feel like when you're doing some like educational content like i've been doing lately yeah having everything kind of more vanilla and very yeah. common to that really helps yeah. with understanding and also just transitioning that code into something that the other person can use within whatever they're working on yeah because it's just imports and yeah it's vanilla it's yeah. great well so, <laughs> i just want to challenge you all listening today to try it and to remember neopets <laughs> remember neopets remember your pet pages yeah they were the good times you remember your myspace remember page? your myspace yes I had a dope MySpace layout where I I was not only learning to code at the time, I was also learning Photoshop, but like Jask mm. Paint Shop Pro. <laughs> mm. Mm. And um, I would like, I remember I Photoshopped a tree coming out of my hand and I thought that it was really cool and like meaningful. I, d- I, d- I was part of a lot of um, graphic design forums back in the day. And they all had this thing called a signature, right? It's image signature at the bottom of your post. This has nothing to do with toolists, but no, uh, we just wouldn't hear it. Like you know, you, you you learn Photoshop to make these these sigs, and then on Neopets you can sell them. It was great. It was a big thing. Listen, I learned uh, Photoshop uh, so that I could Photoshop emo lyrics on top of photos of myself that were heavily edited. Um, I did you have an image track or a photo bucket account? I don't think so, luckily. Oh, man. Am, I, am I old <laughs> but I did have a DeviantArt, and I was very much like all on that Neopets 
like <laughs> style days and i was in like cartoon doll clans and like we would like have cartoon doll styling contests and that's how i learned graphic design no yeah no we all we all enter in different ways it's I was also in a Dragon Ball Z clan. I hate that they were called clans on Neopets, but it's what they were called. They're still called clans all over the place. Yeah, but I remember I was in a Dragon Ball Z one, and that was dope. And I made some rad graphics for that that I also linked up to my GeoCity site. You're like, yes! Oh, God, GeoCities. These are good fire. tools. Good we tools. We need a modern GeoCities. Uh, isn't is Netlify the modern GeoCities? Definitely not. I mean, you can, just, you can drag and drop stuff onto it, can't you? What? Am I can, missing a big yeah. Netlify feature? Yeah, you can just literally drag a folder of static files. No, 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 no. That's not the same. GeoCities, you had a site builder tool. You had backgrounds oh. that were preset. Oh, I never did that with GeoCities. What? You didn't use the tools, the GIFs that they had? No, I, I used it to host my You list. didn't put your poetry on there? Listen, I used front page. I would build my page in front page, and then GeoCities had front page extensions enabled. Okay, so that's too advanced. In. I used the GeoCities <laughs> tooling. <laughs> This went from uh, no tools okay. to the best tools. <laughs> the best I guess tools. it's kind of like a retro show in a yes. way. <laughs> anyway, we can wrap it up. You don't have to listen to this yeah. banter about GeoCities and Neopets. But before we go, I do want to say thank you again to our sponsor, Datadog. Remember that they, Datadog is offering listeners a free trial. And as a bonus for signing up and creating a dashboard, you get a free t-shirt with a dog on it. If you go to datadog.com slash toolsday, that's D-A-T-A-D-O-G.com slash toolsday, they're rad. Also, Webflow is rad. They sponsor us on Patreon. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate you. And we appreciate you for listening to our show. And we will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.